Welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we're your local Outer Darkness representatives. Hi, welcome. You've reached Outer Darkness. My name is Sarah. How can I help you today? How can I direct you to the fiery flames of hell? (laughs) (laughs) I wish, but instead of like, how can I direct you to an entire room of darkness and utter isolation? Because isn't that (laughs) where you will be cut off from the existence of God and Jesus? Oh, isn't that just lovely? Well, listeners, we've revamped Outer Darkness. We've we've done a remodel, shall you say. We might even be on HGTV in Outer Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I am using my hands to show a lot of products and things that we're talking about, but they're not really products. But I'm just using my hands a lot in our Lavara Outer Darkness videos. So <laughs> yes. basically HGTV. HGTV OD. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we have, as I think you all know by now, a new tier on Patreon for our Outer Darkness members. It's the highest level, and Sarah and I just spent some time recording some personalized videos for you who have joined us in Outer Darkness, and um, those patrons will also be able to choose a uh, topic of their choice for us to cover, so it's been a lot of fun. That's what we've been doing for, like, the past hour. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. We broke out some dance moves. We sure did. So (laughs) it's been great. And we also did um, a video for all of the tiers in Patreon for, um, yeah, a really fun, exciting piece of content that Katie shared with me. Oh, you think it's exciting. (laughs) I do. It's delightful. So speaking of Patreon. I'm just going to quickly shout out the new members that we have because we're so freaking grateful. Um, first, we have Sabrina who joined us. Thank you, Sabrina, and hello. Welcome. Sabrina, the teenage witch. I wish that you were. I That's one of my favorite shows, but Sabrina, welcome. welcome. Yeah. And then um, Catherine, but I also think you might go by Cat. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, you also joined us. And uh, woo, woo, we're so happy. Cat, welcome. I hope it is. I think, I think you're right, Katie. Is it Catherine or Kate? I feel like I've seen. Well, <laughs> you correct us. <laughs> just correct us either way we love you and thank you for joining us in um our cool little evil satan robot bitches club oh hi yeah and finally we have four new outer darkness members ooh, ooh. i wish you guys could see us because i'm full on just dancing i'm shimmying i am doing all the things <laughs> for excitement yes so we have Paige, Pamela, Noah, and Kaylee, all now part of Outer Darkness, and they're getting all the perks, all the perks. All the perks, and you're getting a video, a personalized video, in which I'm not going to get, I'm not going to give it away, but uh, some sweet tunes and uh, amazing dance moves happen, so. And Sarah put on a, a low-cut dress for the outer I, th- I thought you were gonna say Sarah put on a bra because that is the biggest achievement of my life these <laughs> well days. that too but I mean it's true and I put on a bra for you guys and I wore a little low-cut dress that shows my shoulders and a little bit of cleavage a little teaser for the titties you know <laughs> a little titty teaser <laughs> a little titty teaser for you guys <laughs> I don't know what that yeah. accent is, but that's that's where I went with it. So you're welcome. So if you all, yeah, if you all want to see more of that uh, <laughs> or just get more content, then join us over at patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon. Yeah, just it's patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon. There's no podcast on the end. Oh, um, and I always link it in the show notes. So there you go. Um, come join us and um, yeah. I'll continue to sell my body for you guys. You're welcome. Oh, she's so good at it. <laughs> So, Sarah, what else is new? Do you have any uh, announcements or exciting news before we get into the topic today? Um, Yes, I did want to say so many thank yous to everyone who wished me a lovely happy birthday last week. It was so sweet. I couldn't 
honestly, I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because I was like on my period, but I was so emotional on my birthday oh. and cried so much. So thank you guys. It was really sweet. And Katie, you did a lovely little shout out for me on <laughs> our Instagram story. And you guys sent me the loveliest messages and one of our patrons, June, was like, what's your address? I'm going to send you a card. And what, oh, what is why? That? You guys are so nice. I can't handle it. Thank you. So really, I just. Nicest, nicest listeners in the whole entire world. I swear, like everyone that, that attacks us on our social media or email, they seem to think that all of our listeners, our followers are just like bitter, mean assholes. But I swear to Celestial Jesus, all of you are just <laughs> the nicest people. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, not only are you guys, I sound like such a valley girl. It's like so cool, like, <laughs> but really, it's it's amazing that we have such a cool community, but also you guys honestly are some of the nicest, most generous, supportive group of people I've never actually met in person, but virtually, and I feel like I've met you guys. It's just, it's incredibly, it's overwhelming. I know I say that all the time, but I genuinely feel that like every day it's just like, and you know what? I'm going to get a little personal with you guys because I, I feel like we're close enough for that. But my man, my maid, my main boo, Greg, wrote me a lovely birthday card. And in it, he talks about how proud he is of me and the podcast we have, Katie, and, like, the difference we're making. And that's how I feel. And it literally made me cry so much. Aww. Because it is what we're, you know, like, it's an amazing little community and platform and space that we have. And we have all you guys who are here with us. And it just, it means a lot. So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad you had a good birthday. You deserve it. Thanks. And I'm glad you had a good birthday and you're not Mormon anymore. So you can oh like actually do some fun celebrating. Like not that Mormons don't have fun birthdays necessarily, but there's so much more fun when you're not Mormon. <laughs> Listen, it's so much more fun. I went to a beer garden, had a halter top, so had had the shoulders out for days. Ah. Everyone was looking at my shoulders with a little what is it called? A keyhole peephole in my little dress. Those little oh. tees, little titties again. <laughs> and all the drinks. Like, oh, oh, could be way too much. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, okay. a lot Good. of beer and shots and wine. Because why not mix all three of those in a day? <laughs> and wonder why I have a headache, like a really bad headache and hangover the next day. Well, it was your birthday. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Anyways, how are you, Katie? I'm good. Um, I did have something that I wanted to share really quickly uh, about <laughs> something I watched the other day. Um, Porn's I not watched... that exciting, Katie. Calm down. <laughs> you guys, I, w- I watched the new Conjuring. Um, it's what the is Con- that? You know, the Conjuring movies? Have you never seen those? Oh, are those like the, like, they're scary movies, right? Yeah, so the the original one, I don't know how long ago they all came out, but there's all, a whole bunch of, like, different sequels and renditions, and one of them, I don't know if it was one of the originals, I, I kind of liked, I thought it was sort of spooky, but I watched it back when I believed in, like, demons and shit so it was like extra scary to me because that's what it's about is like possession and demons oh I see okay um so I watched the new one because it's supposedly based on a true story and it's called the conjuring the devil made me do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's so right now it's on HBO and in theaters and I just watched it on HBO and you guys it was so bad like, I, really, like, how? Like, also, who stars in it? Is it any, like, famous? So, actors? it's, um, I don't know their exact names, but it's the same actors who always play. I think the names are Fred and Lorraine Warren. They're, like, the paranormal, um, investigators or whatever that are in a bunch of those movies. I think they're in Annabelle, too. Um, and they're based on, they were real people who, like, really believed in all this shit. And, um, really thought that people were possessed and did exorcisms and all that. And I used to really get scared by that stuff. But um, 
And I really like scary movies. Like, I know you don't like them, Sarah, but I'm pretty into them. So I've seen a lot of scary movies, and this one was one of the worst. I just think it might have scared me when I was Mormon, but it was just so, like, over the top with, like, a Satanist put this statue under your house, and it possessed the demon. It had a demon in it because it was from a Satanist, and then the demon possessed your little boy, and then the demon jumped from the little boy to this other guy, and then this other guy stabbed a dude and blamed it on the devil, and they, like, it was just so... Oh, my God, it sounds like the demon's on cocaine. Like, he had a lot of energy. It was so... Uh, So sorry about spoilers, but you guys, honestly, it was not that good. So I'm saving you time. But I just was thinking, like, how interesting from leaving a religion where you're taught that all that stuff is literally true to, like, now being out of it and seeing how ridiculous it is. And you can just see how bad the acting is and just the whole storyline of, like, (laughs) demonizing Satanists and all that shit. So. That's my it little so story. <laughs> no, I love it because it's true. Like the the more, because okay, you guys, I think you, we've talked about this in earlier episodes, but I used to, I liked scary movies, but like literally they would scare me so much that I wouldn't be able to sleep for days sometimes. Yeah. Like I just couldn't, my, my imagination is way too active and it's so fucking annoying. I think mixed with my anxiety, it just like perpetuated everything um so like even when I first left the church I remember I was watching like American Horror Story and I couldn't sleep for days like legit could not sleep and but now it's true like whenever I watch stuff like we watched um that new scary movie that's on Netflix well it's not that new but it has fuck's sake I can't remember now it's useless anyways it's like this woman sees uh, their ghost and stuff like that. And, oh, with Amanda Seyfried. Is that how you say your name? Oh, uh-huh. I don't think I've seen it. Okay, it just came out, like, a few months ago. Anyways, it's like, talking about ghosts and shit. And I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, this is going to be too scary. And then I watched it, and I was just like, what? I can't believe I believed in that. Right? Like, I know. It's insane. Is it called Things Heard and Seen? Yes! Yeah. So I haven't seen it either. But yeah, I, I definitely get way more scared by movies that are featuring like stalkers or serial killers or even natural disasters or shit like that versus like ghosts and paranormal stuff. Yeah, like serial killers, that kind of stuff really spooks me out, even though I'm obsessed with true crime. Oh, like yeah. everyone else is. And <laughs> um, anyway. yeah, no, that's that's funny, huh? I'll have to check it out. We've been watching. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of us just chatting about TV shows and things we like. <laughs> but uh, speaking of HBO, I don't know if you guys have watched um, Mayor of Easttown. Oh, I haven't yet. It seems great, though. It's amazing. Highly recommend that one. Anyways, that's the last last recommendation I'm going to make, other than the fact that I also watch every single night either Real Housewives of New York City or Selling Yachts. <laughs> Below deck, Selling Yachts. You never cease to amaze me with, like, the thing you're currently watching. Like, I, <laughs> it changes randomly, and I'm like, what? <laughs> well, the best is that with, with Below Deck, Selling Yachts, season one, so you guys know. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to get into it a bit because Greg and I full-on binge-watched it because two years ago when we were in Greece, they were filming that show, and we didn't know what the show was, and so, like, I full-on took videos of, I was like, I know it's a reality show, and, like, the locals couldn't give more, like, they couldn't give less of a fuck. Like, they were, I asked them, like, our waiter, I was like, who, who, what are they filming? And they're like, I don't know, some American show. Yeah, who cares? (laughs) literally didn't care so whenever I finally figured it out I was like oh my god Greg this is the show and it's on let's see if we're in the background (laughs) invested the whole time like stopping it zooming in I was like I'm pretty sure that's my hair flip that's my hair flip that's me it wasn't me because then I look up pictures and my hair is in a braid point being we got hooked on this show because we were trying to see if we were famous or not and we weren't because they just made it so that, like, the camera cuts just 
like barely where it misses where we were sitting. Oh, okay. I was a creeper and watched the whole thing and like filmed it because I was like, oh my god, they're like two feet away from me. I'm famous. Oh, you didn't get famous from that. What was it called? Below deck. <laughs> yeah, below deck yachting, selling yachts, selling yachts. But you did get. You're just so famous from this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like when I walk out of my apartment, people are like, oh, my God, are you Sarah from Not So Molly Mormon podcast? I'm like, uh, yeah. Did you recognize my voice? Hi. <laughs> Thanks for speaking to me in English. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. All right. So 15 minutes later, friends, uh, <laughs> I think we're, we're ready to get into the topic. So. This week's topic comes to you from an Outer Darkness patron, our first Outer Darkness patron, Emily. Ah! Emily! Emily! Emily, my friend! Oh my god, that was some beautiful notes we hit right there. Like, right on key. I mean, it was like an angel was singing. What's our record deal? I don't know. Coming up soon, it's going to be a new reality TV show called Podcast Hosts Who Turn Pop Song Singers. Oh, God. <laughs> it scares me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyways, Emily, you're a babe. We love you. You know this already. We're obsessed with you. And you gave us a brilliant topic idea. Mm-hmm. So, Emily chose the topic of, it's kind of an overarching subject, but uh, Mormon divorce is going to be the the topic of this episode, and I wanted to read a little bit from her message to kind of get you give you the gist of what she was saying when she requested this topic. So she said, maybe you could talk about the experience of kids growing up in the church whose parents were divorced. I know for me it was an extra layer of shit from the church. Shame that my parents weren't eternally together. And with that, I could never get a straight answer on what would happen in heaven because I was sealed to my parents, but then my mom got resealed to her second husband. I don't know. It just always felt like I didn't belong. It also sucked having to go to two mutuals, two girls camps, two youth camps, etc. I felt a lot of shame growing up. Horrible. Yeah. So I think this is a really deep and interesting subject. And Sarah and I have not... We, our parents are both still married, which is not common. Um, but uh, we, I think we yeah, know I don't people. Know if mine should be, but yes, they are still married. <laughs> right, and we can get into our feelings on divorce as well. I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about. And, um, but yeah, and we've obviously never been married, so we've never experienced divorce ourselves. But we've heard from a lot of you. We did put out like a post on Instagram and asked you all to. Tell us your stories about it. And I did take some screenshots of them. You, there were so many of you. So it was amazing. So I'm sorry if we don't get to like all of you uh, later on in the episode. But thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your stories. Because this is like, yeah, probably not the easiest subject for tons of people to talk about. But I think it's important to address. Yeah, definitely. And again, just to echo what Katie said, we're super appreciative of of the messages you guys sent in and yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's not an easy topic and it's not something that we can relate to. So when we got this topic, I thought like, this is really interesting, but how am I going to contribute to this really? Um, so we are very grateful for all of you helping us out on this yeah. uh, particular episode. Yeah. So I thought to begin, I guess, especially for people who were never Mormon, um, that we can to talk about how what the church teaches about divorce to kind of lay like that groundwork and then we can read and discuss people's experience with divorce and growing up in the church. Yeah, so, that would be good. Okay. So this is directly from the LDS website, which is churchofjesuschrist.org, which is still so annoying to me. <laughs> what? So why do they cut off what? Yeah, so should, I didn't even know that. Be, it used to be LDS.org, and now it's Church of Jesus Christ.org because they, did, they don't, Mormon. yeah, it's very much moving away from anything that says Mormon or LDS. So, 
Okay, so Emily, my friend. Sorry, Emily, I just need to do another little shout out. (laughs) If you guys don't know, we're referencing (laughs) that song that we covered in the Bad 90s Mormon Videos episode where they sing, Emily, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Emily, I'm sorry, but your name has forever been ruined, but I just. No, it's it's immortalized. It's forever in our brains with that song. (laughs) So true. Anyway, sorry, Katie. It just came out of my brain. I had to do it. (laughs) Okay, so this is what the church officially says about divorce. So, when men and women marry, they make solemn covenants with each other and with God. Every effort should be made to keep these covenants and preserve marriage. The sanctity of marriage and families is taught repeatedly in the scriptures. It has been reaffirmed by modern prophets and apostles. Despite the truths taught about the sanctity of marriage, divorce has become commonplace in the world. Because the the family is central to Heavenly Father's plan for his children, Satan seeks to destroy marriages and families. Because of the poor choices and selfishness, Of one or both marriage partners, marriages sometimes end in contention, separation, and divorce. Wow, that is so problematic. It's, yeah, and it gets worse. It says, if instead of resorting to divorce, each individual will seek the comfort and well-being of his or her spouse, couples will grow in love and unity. The gospel of Jesus Christ, including repentance, forgiveness, integrity, and love, provides the remedy for conflict in marriage. Those who have caused a divorce through their own poor choices can repent and be forgiven. Those whose marriages have failed because of what others have done can receive strength and comfort from the Lord, who promised, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Blech. Isn't that just so, like, yeah, like you said, problematic. First, it starts off with men and women, just binary and... Exactly. <sighs> but um, but yeah, it's also it, just very much, like, it has to be your fault if it fucks up. Like, there's no other way a marriage can end other than someone fucked up or both people Someone, did. Someone is selfish <laughs> or some... And sure, that can happen in marriage. Someone's selfish and does yeah, something. Yeah, definitely. But, like... You don't, and it it says in here, like, you have to forgive, and you shouldn't resort to divorce, like, you have to forgive, and blah, 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 and it's like, no, you don't. (laughs) No, you actually don't, and also, I mean, I'm obviously not, like, encouraging every single person to get a divorce, but it's also, like, you shouldn't feel guilty if you know for whatever reason the relationship doesn't work out and it's not anything horrible that one person did but no just maybe for your own mental health or your own well-being or whatever it may be it's your personal choice but a religion is place is not to make you feel guilty and like you have to stay in this relationship because if not like you're breaking sacred covenants and vows like that's just a whole extra layer of complication and stress and pressure on a marriage that shouldn't be there. Yeah. In researching this topic, there were a lot of different talks. Um, I'll cover just a little bit of them here, but one that I, I didn't write down was there was a few examples of um, apostles and leaders giving talks saying that if you're unhappy in your marriage, it's better to stay in an unhappy marriage than to get divorced. And, like, telling people that if they got divorced, they're just going to be lonely and then they'll never find someone else. And if you stay in your unhappy marriage, you'll probably get happy later on. Like, it was just so abusive and controlling and manipulative. And I think especially controlling of, like, the woman in these because they're traditional male-female relationships and so it's usually like very controlling of the woman like telling her that she needs to stay and put up with whatever abuse or shit she's getting from her husband oh god yeah Yeah, it's uh, and it makes me you know it it was really enlightening to me it was maybe like I don't even know maybe six or seven years ago Um, someone said to me, I don't even remember like the context of the conversation, but someone said to me, you know, I think divorce is a good thing. And I remember 
my initial like gut reaction was like, what the fuck? Like, no, it's not. Divorce is the worst thing ever. And over these years, I've learned that divorce is like very, it's very necessary for some people. And a lot of people really need that and they thrive after their divorce. I mean, we, you and I have talked to people on the show that have said that directly to us. Like, sure, it's hard, but it's better to be out of that situation than to be in it. Exactly. And it's just such a, it's it's so more comp, like so much more complicated than just how the church describes it. And also it's a very personalized decision. It's, it's not something that anyone else should have an opinion on. Um, I mean, of course, divorce can affect a family, it can affect kids. Like, you know, our topic is talking about, you know, divorced parents in Mormon church. So, of course, it has an effect and it's an, you know, it impacts your family. And it's not just about the decision doesn't just affect you, but the decision in and of itself that you have to make. It's something that personally you need to be making and not with, you know, the pressures of a church saying that you're a failure you know, I mean, of course, it could be as a result of someone fucking up. It could be, you know, a number of different things. But at the end of the day, it's also not the business of the church. Like, it's not their business. No, it's not. And they shouldn't be telling people what to do. Like, it's a it's a difficult decision. Decision, Like you said, it affects so much in people's lives, especially if there are kids involved. But, like, the church shouldn't be meddling in that. No, they're not professionals. They're not marriage counselors. Like they're just an institute, an institution that makes a hundred billion dollars off of business. (laughs) Yeah, they just want to keep people complicit and following their rules. So I just have two quotes to kind of further like illustrate how kind of taboo divorce is and stuff. I just have two more quotes from apostles, and then we can get into talking about. Um, children and and being raised with divorced parents. So the first one comes from someone that we very much despise, Spencer W. (laughs) It's not Melvin. I wish it was Melvin. Damn it. It's Spencer W. Kimball. We don't like him either. (laughs) Kimball. Kimball, you're not so nimble. I don't know. (laughs) Hashtag dad joke. This was at a BYU devotional and it was titled Marriage and Divorce. And he gave this while he was the prophet of the church, like the head. So he says, the ugly dragon of divorce has entered into our social life. Little known to our grandparents and not even common among our parents, this cancer has come to be so common in our own day that nearly every family has been cursed by its destructive machinations. (laughs) He just compared divorce to cancer. Yeah, he did. (sighs) He's just just the worst. And I just want to say the reason... Maybe one of a few, but the reason that comes to mind that divorce didn't happen in our grandparents and great grandparents' days is because it wasn't allowed. Because you know why? Women couldn't have bank accounts by themselves. Exactly. They were fucking controlled by men and they had to stay. So now that it's things have changed and people can demand more respect and freedom if they don't feel like they're getting it in their current situation. And I think that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. So he says, this is one of the principal tools of Satan to destroy faith through breaking up happy homes and bringing frustration of life and distortion of thought. It is absolutely appalling the number of children today who are growing up in our society who do not have two parents, a father and a mother, and neither one is totally sufficient. I just, I hate it so much. Imagine hearing that and you are the child of a divorce like divorced parents and he's like it's appalling it was they're not sufficient for you oh that's so fucked i know and not we're gonna also get into like the teachings about why it's also fucked up because of the eternal family and all that shit but i'll finish this quote because of this we recommend that people marry those who are of the same racial background And of somewhat the same economic and social background, and above all, 
the same religious background without question. Wow. If anyone ever, I mean, we have so many reasons and so many information, like quotes and shit to point people to. But again, let's add it to the list. If anyone ever questions and says the church isn't racist, it's not sexist, it's not classist, it's not, you know, (laughs) any of these things, we can be like, um, refer to this quote. He literally says that you shouldn't date outside of your race or your economic status. I'm sorry. So, because I'm poor, I can't date someone who isn't? What the fuck? I know. He's just the worst. Kimble, you're not nimble. Kimble, you're not nimble. <laughs> Over you. Okay. And one more quote. Uh, this is from someone else that we hate. Dallin Homophobe Oaks. Ah, <laughs> Dallin Homophobe Oaks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this he gave this talk in 2007, so not terribly long ago. He says, A couple with serious marriage problems should see their bishop. As the Lord's judge, he will counsel and perhaps even discipline them that will lead toward healing. I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> what? Like, if you need marriage counseling go to a real therapist (laughs) go to someone who's actually qualified and not just some random white old white dude who like has no experience or background who's probably going to tell you yeah I mean just imagine the countless number of people who go in with actual severe issues with the, their relationship and they're just counseled to stay married like that's so problematic and even if it's not you know, so, you know, extremes of like physical or sexual abuse. It could still be mental abuse. It could just oh, be, sure. you know, you're unhappy. If you're fucking unhappy, then you shouldn't be told to stay in, in the situation because no. God wants you to. Like, what? No, no that's And to get disciplined? Fuck off, Celestial Jesus. You're not disciplined. Anyway. <laughs> so... Yeah, he said bishops will not counsel members to divorce, but they can help members with the consequences of their decisions. Under the law of the Lord, a marriage, like a human life, is a precious living thing. If our bodies are sick, we seek to heal them. We do not give up. While there is any prospect of life, we seek healing again and again. The same should be true of our marriages. And if we seek him, the Lord will help us and heal us. This just sounds like there there's something wrong and maybe you've tried to work it out yourself maybe you've you've tried and tried and tried you just need to keep trying and trying and trying and be miserable no matter what who cares if it's an abusive situation or just like you said an incompatible or unhealthy or unhappy situation like you shouldn't be forced to stay just because the church made up some rule that you have to i don't know exactly and also it's like sorry guys i, I realize i use the word exactly way too much <laughs> i think it's because germans say genau all the time which means exactly and uh, i just got into genau. that bit <laughs> genau ach so genau um yeah i think um god damn it i lost my train of thought because i interrupted myself <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what I was trying to say, you guys. Continue. <laughs> okay. This is the this is actually kind of what I was referencing earlier. So this is also another reason I really, really dislike a lot of these apostles is they'll try to cite something that seems somewhat like scientific or whatever, but they don't cite it. They don't actually give you evidence because he says here, one study found, quote, <laughs> one study. Study. Yeah, one study can find anything, Dallin. Um, one study found, quote, no evidence that divorce or separation typically made adults happier than staying in an unhappy marriage. Two out of three unhappily married adults who avoided divorce reported being happily married five years later. I call bullshit. I call total bullshit. Also, he says one study, and I guarantee... It's like a study done by the church, it and was it's his like, study. yeah, two two bishops who ask um their first counselor is like, what do you think about divorces? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And they have one story. It's like it's like Gogo Goff from that last episode who made up Jason who didn't actually <laughs> exist. It was just really Gogo Goff. 
I yeah, bet that's what Kimball did. Not Kimball. What's his name? Homophobe. Dallin H. Homophobe. Yeah. He probably just did that. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, a woman who persisted in an intolerable marriage for many years until the children were raised explained, quote, there were three parties to our marriage. My husband and I and the Lord. I told myself that if two of us could hang in there, we could hold it together. I'm sorry, you guys, but I find it so creepy whenever it was always like this triangle that they would draw to represent your relationship or marriage. And it was like the husband and the wife, of course, you know, only only that option. So, you know, not just man and woman, man and wife. Um, and God. And I just yeah. thought it was so weird. Like, isn't that creepy? And also polygamous on so many levels. Like, I'm sorry, Celestial Jesus, but I don't want to date you. And I don't want to be married to you. <laughs> They're just, like, in so. the threesomes. <laughs> right? Which is fine. Like, you know, anyone can do whatever they want. But it's also just rude to assume that you will be invited. No, Celestial. I know. It's, and it's just creepy because Celestial Jesus isn't real. But they think that he's, like, right there in their marriage and in their room when they're having sex. It's very, very Ew, awful. he's such a little perv. <laughs> um, but I just, I feel so bad for people who feel like they can't, they don't have any other choice and they literally feel like it's in an intolerable situation. They're very unhappy and they don't feel like they can do anything to change it because they think it's their fault. They're told that like they just need to show more love or they just need to repent or read their scriptures more when in actuality, maybe they're just not with someone that's a good fit for them anymore. Or maybe they were never a good fit from the beginning. You know, maybe they got married when they were, I don't know, 21 and then they grew and they changed a bit and I just think they need to be given options and not be kind of shamed for considering something that's already a difficult thing to go through. Exactly. Yeah. And I I agree completely. Like it's, I think it's another way that the church puts a lot of guilt on their members. And, you know, I was, I don't even remember. This is how bad my brain has gotten. I was talking to someone about, like my family and the situation with leaving the church and, you know, talking about how they've handled it. And I did, I did say like the thing that I, what I struggle with the most is knowing that like my mom probably receives a lot of pressure and guilt about me leaving because of the church, because they place all the blame on the parents and say like, you know, it's your responsibility to make sure your child never leaves, to make sure that, like, you bring them back if they do. And so it that's the part that I, I think I struggle with the most. It's not so much knowing or, like, you know, having this anxiety that they find out we have this podcast, which is still, you know, a, a real anxiety that sometimes pops up. And by sometimes, I mean often. But I think it's mostly this, this idea that I feel really bad. I feel bad that my mom probably does feel this way, that she feels this burden and this like guilt and extreme pressure yeah, to, to bring me back to church. And I think it's the same place on like parents who are considering divorcing, who are in the church. And it's like this pressure and this guilt that they can't, they feel like it's their responsibility on, in addition to their unhappiness that's caused by the marriage. Yeah, yeah, I know. It really is quite tragic. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't know. It feels, what's the word? Oppressive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll get into some, I, we asked, like I said, on Instagram, if you grew up, with parents who were divorced, because that's what Emily brought up. And for people who were never Mormon, I'll just explain a little bit. Um, So in Mormonism, you're taught that your parents, when they get married, it's called sealed in the temple. Um, They, and then they have you, or it can happen in like different ways. Like maybe they get sealed later or whatever, but they teach their big thing is that like, families are together forever and a key, a big key to that is being like married in the temple um or they just hold out hope that like something will happen in the next life but the the problem is is when someone's been married in the temple and they get divorced 
they have to go through a special temple divorce separate from a legal one if they want to get resealed to someone else. But the man doesn't have to if he doesn't want. So it's kind of confusing, but the man doesn't have to have the temple divorce. He can re get resealed to as many women technically as he wants. That's so house. fucked. But a woman can't. So then when there's children involved, say your parents divorce, but you were sealed to both of them. And then your dad remarries in the temple another woman and they're sealed in the temple. Then you're like, wait, am I sealed to my my biological mom or my stepmom? And I'm still sealed to my dad. And then who gets, you know, which kids and it all gets like mixed up. And then they're like, wait, how's this going to work in the afterlife? And they're basically just told, I don't know, just have faith. It'll all work out after you die. Kind of That's thing. insane. I just, and there's so many different scenarios where that can happen. Or maybe somebody's parent like died and then they got resealed. So then you're like, well, which one am I going to be with in the next life? Because I still want to be with my mom, but she's resealed to this other person and then my dad died and blah 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 like does he still be sealed to my mom like it's so it's so confusing and I think that'd be really hard on a little kid's brain I mean it's hard on my brain my 33 year old brain I don't get it and that was actually one of the um the things that because what Katie is describing is not taught to you most of the time growing up like I didn't know about this temple marriage thing like as in you once you so for example if you got a divorce or if like a woman's husband passes away she can't get resealed again to another man like she can only have a civil marriage yeah but a man if he divorces or he um, loses his wife he can get married and sealed to another woman and you're not taught that in everyday classes. Like I found that out probably around 27. So a little bit before I decided to leave. And that was something that really bothered me because I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense at all. And that's when someone, I don't know if it was someone in the church or maybe like a a friend who had left the church that like told me, well, you know, polygamy is still a thing that is taught in the afterlife. Like that is what will happen. And it really pissed me off. Cause I was like, are you kidding me? So I don't act like I still would have to practice basically polygamy if I'm part of this religion and doctrine and it's still in the afterlife. And you have to also, when you get um, a temple divorce, which I think is even more fucked up and so sexist. It's creepy because you have to get the permission you from have to get the permission. Of your ex-husband, but you also have to get permission from, like, the high-up general authorities. You can't just, like, request one and have it granted. You have to get permission from the men. It's so gross, you guys. And I I knew someone who, he was married in the temple, and he, and so he left the church, and um, his wife, like, he divorced his wife or whatever, and she had to, like, ask him basically like hey can I divorce you like from the temple and he was like what you have to ask me that and she's like yeah my bishop told me to ask you and it was just like such a weird thing and he was like I that's weird that's really weird yeah it's misogynistic as fuck (laughs) are we surprised (laughs) um okay so let me I'll pull up some of these screenshots from you lovely listeners so um this person said that yes I always wondered and was scared about where my family would land in the afterlife my dad has been married in the temple three plus times now and his joke at my nephew's birthday party with his wife my ex-stepmom and my mom all there he said oh look all three of my wives in one room oh so that's just like an example of how bizarre and I think honestly some of these dudes might kind of like love it so you know I get off on this shit no offense to this listener I'm not saying oh yeah we're not trying to like dog on your dad or whatever but it's just like that's another thing where it's like do I want to have three mothers and like what the fuck dad you know (laughs) Uh, and also for again no offense to listener but like for your dad to joke about that in front of kids like that would 
Yeah, I don't know. That's just a bit difficult. So, okay, this person says, my parents divorced when I was 15. My dad left the church pretty soon after the divorce, but it took me coming out a few years later for my mom to leave. My dad kept coming to church with us for a few weeks, but it was so awkward and he just wasn't in it for real anymore. Despite that it was somewhere in their divorce decree that we kids were to be raised Mormon. Oh, so in their actual divorce papers, they had written up that the kids were supposed to be raised Mormon, like as their agreement. Well, I guess that's legal, but that's weird. Yeah, they say at no point were any of us kids asked anything asked about anything to do with the divorce. And honestly, I count that more as a problem with how we do divorces in the U.S. than anything else. Because, it, yeah, it's like they, she says that she wasn't even asked if she wanted to be raised Mormon. But it was, like, in the decree, which, that's really fucked. That's super fucked. Yeah, if, like, the kids have no choice. Yeah, if anyone had asked me, I don't think I would have said I wanted to be Mormon. I was questioning already at the time. Um. And then, yeah, they also said on the church side, honestly, not much really changed because I'd never really gotten along with the church folks. Homophobia and sexism don't sit well with me. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, oh, yeah. And then um, they said my mom seemed to have more friends after because a lot of them weren't Mormon because we lived in Minnesota. So I think it's probably kind of different, too, depending on where you live. But I think in Utah, it'd be like, I don't know, it could be real extra difficult. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, in Utah, too, it's like, you know, it's hard to separate the religion with everything else. So, mm. oh, man. Um, Okay, this person said, my parents divorced when I was two. I do think that the church and the pressure to be married and have a family and to be a, in order to be a complete woman played a big role in my mom and why my mom got remarried so quickly and so often. She often would talk about how bad a mother she was when she wasn't doing well. It was definitely a fundamental part of her identity. The concept of eternal families, however, was extremely painful and confusing. Not so much all the details of how it all worked, but why it should feel like a good thing. So it's like... Yeah, I I just feel like that would be so hard to wrap your head around as a kid. Like you're seeing your mom thinking that she's not a whole and complete woman because of what the church has taught. Yeah, exactly. And I I mean, I didn't see it to that level. But I know my mom, like, again, felt a lot of pressure to, like, make sure we all went to church and, like, because she wanted us to be an internal family, right? And my dad wasn't a member, so... That was a big thing that she was, like, striving for and felt like it was her responsibility to make happen. Oh, Oh my God. That's too much of a burden. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I was constantly concerned about my dad and brother not being able to be with us because they were apostates. I even had a dream about it and felt that I had to stay active and perfect so that my dad would come back. On top of my normal interactions with my dad, who was supportive of me and my life choices in and out of the church, I always had an ulterior motive of having to be a good example to him and radiate the spirit. And every fast Sunday, I'd pray that he'd come back. I was very confused when my patriarchal blessing said my mom's third husband was important in my life because I didn't give a fuck about him. And it always made me feel weird and like they got that one wrong, although I was too Mormon to actually think that the church could get something wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it's so manipulative, too, because in your head, you're like, I don't like that person that my mom married. But this church is telling me that, like, God is essentially saying to me through this blessing that he's important. So you're probably, like, searching for ways to find that he's important. But also, like, I mean, I'm not saying that this listener's stepdad was in any way this way. But, like, what if, you know, they they did this in a patriarchal blessing and it's, like, a really horrible person who's abusive. And it's, like, well, God told me that, like, I need to like this person. Right? Yeah, they go on to say, 
Honestly, I think overall the church is directly responsible, at least in part, for my family dynamics being abusive and for my mom driving family members away and ultimately never being able to be happy with who she is. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I see the church's fingerprints everywhere in the distance of my family. Oh, I know this person said. I can remember lesson after lesson where teachers would have to pull me aside after and try to go back on everything they just taught basically about eternal families or stop mid-sentence in class and look at me and explain how special I was. It was especially hard on my younger sisters who were all living with my stepmom and dad. The lessons made my mom seem like she was a bad person because she was excommunicated. Oh, God. I hate it. That's so fucked. And so much, like, especially, like, with kids, they're already going through so much, like, during a divorce, and then you add that to it? Jesus. Okay, this person said, It was hard to be in a broken family in the church. My situation was a little different because my parents divorced because my dad was abusive, so we only had one parent afterwards. It felt like the divorce was this big elephant in the room that was never directly addressed by leaders when we would talk about families or the priesthood. One of my leaders gave me a heads up before church when her lesson was going to be about eternal families. That was really sweet, but it also made, made it it also made it seem like she was saying I didn't belong to an eternal family. Most yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mostly it was super confusing because no one had answers. It was always, it will all work out in heaven, or you just need to have faith until heaven, and then you'll have all the answers. Oh, my God. I hate that answer so much. It's like, it it honestly makes me, like, physically angry when I hear that yeah. now. Because that's, it, ugh, that's just causing people to suffer in the one life we know they have. Like, just suffer now. When you die, everything will be fine. And imagine saying that to someone who's suicidal. Like, what the fuck? It's just, I, it's so problematic. Um, one of my best friends in high school had a non-member dad. And his bishop told him that his mom wasn't going to go to the celestial kingdom because she wasn't sealed in the temple. Oh, my God. It sounds like my parents. But yeah. <sighs> Right? But imagine hearing that from a bishop being like, yeah, your family is just not going to get there. Ugh. I mean, yeah, I more or less heard that. It's, it's yeah. not a nice thing to hear. It's horrible. It makes you feel like you're shit. I, and the hierarchy of the celestial kingdom and that pressure to, like, be perfect and have the perfect family. And then, uh, yeah. Um, this person said... I was so confused about what was going to happen with my half-siblings and where they fit into everything. I remember being really worried about it and asking my mom, and she gave me some vague answer and said we wouldn't know the answers in this life. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like 12, and I already was like, I don't buy it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not waiting until I die to find this out. You know what? That kind of reminds me of, like, it's sort of similar to what you've been saying with your parents. Um, yeah. My grandparents, uh, my my grandma was an active member and my grandpa wasn't. And I remember being young, like, probably around 10. And I had that question of, like, they weren't married in the temple, were they? And my parents were like, no. And I was like, well, does that mean that we're not going to be with grandma and grandpa after we die in heaven and my parents didn't know what to say because it's like it's like my grandpa technically wouldn't be allowed but like they didn't know what to say to me and I remember being so upset by that like (laughs) the the church like I think that it thinks that it teaches a lot of love and inclusion but really it kind of causes families to separate more you know yeah, definitely. Like, I I mean, I also remember asking that question because both of my grandparents were not members. They were Baptist. And I was so incredibly close to one of my grandparents, like, uh-huh. set of grandparents, like, uh-huh. really, really, really close. And it just, it broke my heart because I, I felt like I always had this pressure of not being able to just enjoy my time with them because I was always trying to get them to convert some way, you know, somehow sneaking in something about Mormonism 
because I just wanted to be with them forever. And it it really broke my heart thinking that that could not be an option. Like I might not be with them. Oh my God. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, okay. I'll, I'll read a couple more. Um, This person said, when I was in high school, my seminary teachers told me that because my parents are divorced, I am therefore not sealed to anyone. And therefore, if I were to die that day, I would not be with my family in heaven and basically communicated that I would just kind of be floating around in nothing with nowhere to go. (laughs) What? What the fuck? They say, imagine this from the perspective of an indoctrinated teenager. I was terrified. Like, literally, what is wrong with it? Like, I just... (sighs) And then um, they said, later, the concept of polygamy, according to Deep Doctrine, was shared with me by my mom. I wondered how I would see my whole family in heaven with no separation or having to, quote, split time between my parents, like how custody laws work here on Earth. I'm from a blended family, and I have stepbrothers. I wondered how I was supposed to see my whole family... When my siblings and I have two sets of divorced parents, my mom relayed that she would be a second wife to my stepdad as he is still sealed to his first wife. I remember thinking, that's some bullshit, but I didn't delve delve into it further because, quote, everything will be revealed unto us in in heaven. Thought stopping techniques prevented me from coming to a conclusion surrounding this confusion. We, we keep seeing that answer of like, well, we don't know. It'll just be revealed to you in heaven. They use the same, that same answer when they ask, why don't you support gay marriage? And they say, well, we don't know. That'll be answered in heaven. And uh, I am, um, I think that it really is, like this person said, a thought stopping technique. Like, don't think about it anymore. Don't worry. Don't doubt about it. Just stop thinking. I mean, uh, yeah, completely. That's that's the main, probably the only reason I stayed in the church for as long as I did because of that approach and just my own like a fear of leaving. So I would just like think of something quickly and just kind of push that thought down so that I didn't have to deal with it. Yeah, I know. Same. I did that for a while and then it was just like it it bubbles up and you can't push it down anymore. You're like, there's yeah. something very wrong here. So we have, yeah, we had a few more responses, but we're running out of time. But thank you all, like, so much for taking the time to write all of those messages to us. I know that a lot of you spent a lot of time and effort on those messages and that it's, like I said earlier, not very easy to talk about. And I think that the church really creates an unhealthy environment for even speaking about divorce, really. Like, it's really not even talked about. And I know for a fact, like, I, one of my really good friends growing up, when, you know, we obviously were both Mormon, her parents were divorced, and it was, like, super taboo. It was, like, almost like her family was looked down on it because she lived with her mom, who was a single mom. And that's just, like, really messed Mm -hmm. up. It really breaks my heart. And I, you know, my my sympathy and and love goes out to all of you who have gone through a divorce during the church or you know even those who are never mows and have gone through it and if anyone you know like a religious organization made it feel even worse or like amplified you know a divorce is hard no matter what even if it's a you know um uh, what's the the word admiral no I can't even think of the word even if it's a you know boat yeah. yeah, like on both sides, it's still it's still change and it's still a difficult transition, I think, in everyone who is affected by it. And so I yeah, again, just to echo what Katie said, like, thank you for everyone who who sent in messages, just opening up and being vulnerable and talking about your experience with divorce and especially divorce in the church. Like, I think. It's just basically put under a magnifying glass whenever it happens under the Mormon church or, you know, other religious institutions who have the same or similar aspects on divorce. It's like, you know, it's already a difficult thing in and of itself. But, hey, let's let's put a magnifying glass on it and just make things worse from a religious point of view and add to that chaos that's happening and like the the mental you know, it's emotional and, and mentally exhausting, I'm sure. I mean, I haven't gone through one, but um, I can imagine. 
Yeah. And I can only imagine that it's, you know, taking that step and and doing that is is difficult, but it's also brave. And I just want to say for people who have gone through it, like, you're obviously not like the church has was teaching that like you're selfish or you're you've messed up or you're astray like no you did what was right for you and your family and I think that's honorable and I think however you lead your life in the best way that's for you and your family and everyone's happiness like no organization or religion should interfere with that and make you feel like shit about it so exactly they shouldn't have an opinion on it no. And it's not their business. No. Stop. Like, it's <laughs> not their business. As my favorite, one of my favorite human beings on earth, RuPaul, says, if them bitches ain't paying your bills, pay them bitches no mind. <laughs> and I think the church should also have that mentality. If they're not paying your bills with that $100 billion, then fuck off. You don't get oh, to have an opinion. I know. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> anyways thanks listeners y'all are so great and we'll y'all be back. yeah we'll be back next week with well more more content for y'all i keep saying y'all you've, you've got it. yes um exciting little teaser not a titty teaser but just a normal teaser we have a special guest next week so yeah, stay um, tuned you're gonna stay tuned Yeah, it'll be great. All right, loves. We hope you all have a great week and you're safe and still washing your damn hands. And we love you guys and we'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.